Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Should the Big 12 reconsider adding Oregon State and Washington State? Can they wait till the end of the football season? Could the success of those two programs determine whether they get an invite? What is actually happening right now with the Pac-12? All of those questions we will tackle, plus the Saturday 7 on a Thursday. That's coming up on today's Neighborhood Watch. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors. Once again, this is the Neighborhood Watch on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Find us on X slash Twitter. The show is at NWPod365. I am at Josh Neighbors underscore. That is the place where you guys can get my weekly Big 12 picks every Saturday morning. We were above 531, 28 and 1 last year. We are already off to a 7 and 4 start. The 11 games that we have picked so far this year, normally it's five, but on these non-conference weekends with no buys, I'll end up picking more games that are Big 12 related. So I did six last week and six I really liked and went four and two with those. So make sure you guys follow me there at Josh Neighbors underscore. If you are coming to the channel, please, please subscribe and then like the videos. That's massive. Liking the videos helps us get these things out. It helps us get some more exposure. The exposure means the dollars. The dollars mean we can keep doing the show and supporting this thing uh, and the entire 365 Sports Network want to thank them as well. Uh, find the podcast wherever you guys get your podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of those places. So uh, yeah, that's the way you guys can find that and then five-star review there. All right, let's get down to business. So this week in college football, not a great week. Next week is absolutely insane. So I'm not really sure we're going to be doing a ton of realignment related things. If there's news, well, there's news, we'll tackle it. But I think this week where we're kind of taking our breath after a massive week two and a tame, more tame week three, we can talk about some things that are going on because we talked about, you know, the Mel Tucker story on yesterday's show and how the amount of money that Big Ten schools are going to be raking in is going to be insane, right? It's going to be crazy. And for Mel Tucker, like no matter what happens there, and I know facts have to come out and whatnot, but it's hard to believe that after this kind of strenuous relationship is happening at the school and the coach that he will continue to coach there. So the idea that a Big Ten school would, you know, Michigan State, for example, here go after a Big 12 coach is not too far off, it feels like. And the money issue is going to be one that I think we're going to talk about pretty soon. And so that kind of factors into all this, right? The entire conversation about conference realignment, the entire conversation about how we are shaping the future of college football comes down to things like television revenue. Basically, a lot of it is television revenue. The reason why we're joking about the Saudi Knowles right now is because of television revenue. So this conversation about television revenue leaked into the Pac-12 and Big 12 situation, right? We know the Big 10 and the SEC are leading the Pac. We know the ACC is in some trouble. They added more schools, but really they're kind of in a weird spot. So we know the Big 12 is adding, they already did add Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston. We know they're losing Texas and Oklahoma next year. We also know that next year the Big 12 will add Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. We know the Big 10 will add USC, UCLA, Oregon for a reduced price, and Washington 
for a reduced price. Uh, then we know that Cal, Stanford, and SMU are all heading to the ACC, which leads to Pac-12 schools that have had uh, basically a kinship now. We know that Oregon State and Washington State are together. And really the focus is today on, A, what is happening with Oregon State and Washington State and um, you know what's happening in that situation right now, and B, is there a chance that the Big 12 could reconsider these schools down the line later on in the year. And I'll explain why they would. I'll explain why they wouldn't. And really let's tackle like the necessary conditions for them to do it because all this stuff is fun pie in the sky, right? I mean, the reason why we hammered a lot of the realignment stuff was because it was real. It was tangible. And I thought, I mean, you know, I thought that momentum it's not a real thing, but I thought that momentum towards the Big 12 getting those schools, you could feel it growing each day because you knew the timeline. You knew that the, the Big 12 or the Pac-12, excuse me, had made a miscalculation. You knew the Big 12 had made a smart decision. And you knew that that timeline and kind of the demands of the Pac-12 were not matching up in a positive way for them. And so this one is uh, not pie in the sky, I don't think, but there would need to be some really strict, necessary conditions for the Big 12 to revisit Oregon State and Washington State and then ultimately add those two schools, and I will explain what those are. But first, an update on what is happening with the Pac-12. So this is from Ralph Russo from a couple days ago. A judge granted a request by Oregon State and Washington State for a temporary restraining order on Monday to prevent the departing Pac-12 members from meeting until it can be determined who has the right to chart the future of the disintegrating conference at a hearing in Whitman County Superior Court in Washington, Judge Gary Leiby ruled that a board of directors meeting scheduled for later this week with conference commissioner George Klyavkov and university leaders from 10 departing member schools cannot take place. Washington State President Kirk Scholes, who now serves as the chairman of the Pac-12's board and athletic director Pat Chun, attended the hearing at a courthouse not far from the school's Pullman campus. The judge did not immediately set another court date. Oregon State and Washington State want to fully control, I want full control over decision-making for the conference as the schools committed to the league beyond the current school year. Uh, and those are the ones, and then it kind of goes on further, uh, you know, and, and we'll see what the legal challenges yield. But it sounds like Oregon State and Washington State just want some time to figure this thing out. And look, I actually think it's not like crazy for them to, excuse me, to, to almost, you know, be independent together, play each other next year, and then build out their own schedule with the Mountain West and maybe some AAC schools. Like, I, I don't think that is an insane thing for them to do. I don't think that's crazy that they could actually pull that off. It could be challenging as these conferences grow bigger and they play more conference games because there are more and more like how many games in October do you see where, um, you know, you've got schools playing non-conference games? You know, I know uh, Mississippi State's playing Western Michigan, but really there's not many opportunities for those games as the season goes along. Now, I know the SEC has SOCON Saturday, but I don't think they want challenges from Washington State and Oregon State in those games. So you see what I mean? Now, there are the, I mean, a schedule can be crafted, right? UConn is available. Uh, Army is available. I don't think they've joined a conference yet. Right, Notre Dame is available. Um, so there, there are some available uh, schools that are independents. 
And also you can try to make it work with other conferences. But once again, putting together a schedule is going to be challenging. They can try and backfill with the Mountain West. That is one way to do it in the American Conference because, look, I know the Pac-12, the brand, took a massive hit over the course of the last year. I understand that. But if you're talking about West of the Rockies, that Pac-12 to me is still the best brand. I don't think I know there's less schools. You might say, well, Josh, the Mountain West is just naturally a better brand now because they have more institutions. And just by the fact of having more institutions, that makes them a better brand. That's a fair argument. But also, like, if you're just saying what's a better brand, the Pac-12 has that ultimate brand west of the Rockies. And so I think that, you know, rejoining under that umbrella, like a newly fully formed Pac-12, a fresh kind of uh, revamp, you know, but keeping the same brand. Like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing too. If those schools have some success this season, but that being said, I do think the big 12 should reconsider this under the right circumstances. The number one circumstance that would make me reconsider this for the big 12 is this. Let's put money aside for a second. We'll, or we'll link that in later on, right? The first condition is, I would want to see one of those two schools in the Pac-12 championship game. And to be honest, most likely winning the Pac-12 championship game. I would want to see Oregon State or Washington State ultimately pull that off. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't think Washington State will do it, but I think Oregon State could do it. They play San Diego State this week. San Diego State took it on the chin from UCLA. I think Oregon State's just as good, if not better, than UCLA. Um and Oregon State's got at Washington State this year, at Colorado and Oregon, as well as home games against Utah and Washington. But if Oregon State were to pull off a 10-2 and season, if Oregon State were to go to the Pac-12 championship game, and if Oregon State were to win the Pac-12 championship game, I mean, I think, I think you'd have to believe that Jonathan Smith has built a good enough program on the way up and maybe could sustain it, that that kind of a program is worth having in the league, as is Washington State. And here is why. Even if those two schools are not peak of their powers, top of their efficiency, with the current the way they're currently constituted, like they're actually quality programs. If you go and you look at Washington State's, uh, you know, if you go look and look at the football, uh, Washington State uh, year by year record, you'll see that like ever since Mike Leach, this has been a program that's been a, a pretty consistent, decent program, right? You go back and you look at when Leach took over when he came there, you know, think about a 2015 season, nine and four, eight and five, nine and four, 11 and two, six and seven, one and three, but that's COVID, seven and six, seven and six, two and oh. So they've had one, and take out COVID season, they have had one losing, uh, I'm trying to find actually uh, the last losing regular season they had that was non COVID was 2014. So this program is in a different spot than it was before. And look, Jake Dickert, Nick Rolovich, um, Mike Leach have all taken them to bowl games. They've been as high as the Holiday and Alamo Bowls, right? And so they've, they've actually had some success there. And that's a program that's built. And when I think about the new Big 12, the one concern I have and the reason why I'm bringing this up is I think the Big 12 might be in a spot where if the money is right, you can never add too many quality programs because you look at the big 12 this season. And I think it's indicative of something that could happen in the future. What are we seeing already two weeks in 
some of those schools, and they might develop into that point, but some of those schools that are in the hateful eight, the remaining hateful eight, um, Iowa State, TCU, West Virginia, Baylor, and Texas Tech have a combined four wins and six losses already on the ledger for them. Those five schools, um, you know, four losses between Baylor and and Texas Tech, and then West Virginia lost, uh, TCU lost, Iowa State lost. So actually, it's it's eight. Uh, they're what four and three and eight. Yeah, those schools are three and eight already on the season or whatever it is at this point in time. Math is not my strong suit. Yeah, three wins, whatever it is. Uh, three and seven. Three and seven, yeah. So these schools already are off to a rough start. And uh, I don't know how good UCF is going to be, especially now they've lost a quarterback. Houston's already lost. Oklahoma State has not picked a quarterback yet, right? K-State looks like the power. KU's on its way up right now. But, you know, focusing on those on these schools and Cincinnati looks like they could be decent, but, you know, you never know. Like these schools are going to be the more cyclical ones, right? Where, you know, hopefully for their sake, every a lot of these programs normally are trying to win seven, eight games and have the great years. They go beyond that and they go to nine to ten wins. That's where they would like to be. And so these programs, Washington State and Oregon State, I think would contribute to that because the more quality schools you have the better chance that hey on years like this where it seems like texas tech might not be what they want or it takes some time or baylor is not going to be there and that tcu could be down there's just more opportunities with more quality teams to to make your way to the top as long as kyle whittingham is at utah guys that's a top half program it's probably a top three program and it feels like they got a chance to be the program in the new big 12 when they come in just based off what we're seeing right now. I mean, I know there's going to be some changes for them next year, but that Nate Johnson kid's not bad that they got a quarterback. And the fact they got a player like that, who was the third string, and now he's the second string and getting starts, whatever. But you're seeing that they have been able to fill and fill and fill and done a really good job, and they're going to be a problem. K-State, let's see what they can keep doing, but I think they're going to have a, a chance to be towards the top of this new league. But after that, you know, I think we like UCF's chances at developing, but they still have to develop. But there's going to be a lot of competitiveness. And once again, this league was built off competition. The fact that Fox wanted to re-up because of competition shows you that strong competition is what they want to have. And so adding two quality middle-of-the-pack uh, programs means that there's more opportunities to have different teams potentially have that one really good season. Uh, you know, the fact this year for the Big 12 is if you take out what OU and Texas are going to do and OU because of a weaker schedule, Texas because of, well, this looks like the Texas team, which actually, funny enough, fits with the mold of the Big 12 conference that, hey, these, you know, TCU had their year. Kansas State had their year. Oklahoma State had their year. Baylor had their year kind of at the same time is what I'm meaning with these schools. Like Texas looks like one and it looks like K-State's kind of having year number two. We'll see who else joins them towards the top. but. You know, I think the idea of having more of these quality schools in there actually helps that argument. Now, the financial part is what you have to figure out. ESPN has agreed to the pro rata, you know, it sounds like, and adding those schools on would be good. But, you know, um, I'm wondering if ESPN would say, hey, look, we're not, we're not really in the business of adding these two schools. And so I don't think the Big 12 would want to add those schools if ESPN was not like fully on. Like they might say, sure, we'd like to have them but not at this price, right? It's not really the price that we want them at. Um, and that is the challenge is saying even like, I think these schools would take a massive pay cut just to get into the big 12. So that's good news. 
Uh, and so hopefully the TV partners would be cool with this. And I would pitch it as like, this is more of that competitive balance that you all wanted. The Big 12, it's kind of two more members that help that competition. It's more late night TV windows. It's just more security in general. Puts them in more time zones. Like the problem is it doesn't get them as many TV eyes, but it does give the TV networks more options. The Big, Big 12 can pitch. And also, once again, I think that strength is the competition. So Brett Yormark says they're done, but if one of these schools, you know, Washington, Washington State has a good year in this league and it's going to be tough to do, but still a really solid year in this league. And Oregon State has a, uh, has a, a championship type season. You know, I think it's worth a reconsideration if the financials are correct. It's not like just add them because they're good. No, guys, like you all know how I am on this show. I'm a realist. That's why we talk to all the people who cover these schools. So it's a challenge. The timeline might not work out because these schools might want to figure out their future in short order here, which can you blame them if they wanted to do? But if they have enough success and you look at the Big 12, like is there going to be some years where you might worry about the quality overall? Look, would it be bad to have programs like that that are developmental programs that do some different things, that play in different places, some cool environments, and potentially could be additive if the money is right? Why not? That's the big question, if the money is right. And, you know, do the presidents right now have an appetite to add more schools and they want to add them, you know, eventually as full partners, even if the networks don't see them as schools that should be getting full partnership and want to pay out all that money to all of these schools? You have to be considering the future as well, Right. I think what kept the Big 12 in the fight as much as or keeps them in the fight right now is the fact that they were forward thinking and they were thinking about the next TV contract because, you know, that's what Brett Yormark's thinking. Six, seven years, two major media partners, a money number that people like. That's why we're at where we're at, a chance to re-up in 2030. Uh, they'll be, them and the Big 10 will be the only leagues going to market then. And once again, guys, I, I think it'll be the same fact then that it is now what got the Pac-12 in trouble, the very original sin in my in my thought process, at least for the George Klyavkov age of the Pac-12, was thinking that the Big Ten TV deal applied to them when it did not. That is the same thing for the Big 12. The Big 12 cannot think that a uh, Big Ten TV deal is going to apply to them. So knowing who you are, knowing what you offer, which is a lot of games in different time slots that are competitive games that offer fun brands that help you fill out a schedule – is what they offer. And I think they could even help offer that more so if they do get these schools at the right price. And at the right price now, you have to think about, will it be the right price in the future? So while it's unlikely, you know, you have to think, hey guys, Utah was not a power five school, uh, you know, recently. And they got there and they won back-to-back -back Rose Bowls. And so now, you know, BYU is like, I guess if you want to use like bigger brand, if you will, BYU is a bigger brand because of that religious affiliation association that makes them this kind of, you know, powerful, uh, singular brand in some ways. But Utah is the more successful, modern, more, more modernly successful program, right? BYU's got an unbelievable history. Jim McMahon, and even recently Zach Wilson and Ty Detmer and guys like that, Steve Young. Right, but the modern history back to back Pac 12 titles, beating Oregon twice, beating USC twice in consecutive seasons to win those titles, and then going to Rose Bowls, playing in those massive games, and once again, year after year, being that force. Like, that's what we want Big 12 schools to do. That's why Utah seems so valuable to me, at least, and has a chance to be the class of the Big 12 because right now, those Big 12 schools aren't doing that. But hey, if you have a chance to add two more quality mid tier schools that could hit their stride. Other schools are having their down year, like you know, kind of that game of Tetris. 
uh, kind of that game, you know, of, of leveling the scales might be worth it. Once again, if the money is right, but we'd have to take a hard look at what the money is right means. And also the money in some ways could define how competitive these schools can be. So all things to watch as we move forward, but is it worth reconsideration? I definitely think it is if they have the right amount of success and what we think is a crazy year. All right, here we go, guys. This is your Saturday seven, the seven biggest games across the country this week, not in the big 12 conference. Uh, it was hard to pick seven because of the lack of quality, but here we go. 11 a.m. on ESPN, number 14 LSU at Mississippi state nine and a half point favorites are the LSU tigers tough environment would like this more. If it was a night game, Mississippi State's become much more of a run-heavy team. They should pass more because I don't think that LSU secondary looks as good. So will they turn Will Rogers loose this week in a way they have not? Zach Arnett, a little more conservative with his play calling and the way that he has attacked things so far. 11 a.m. on Fox, number seven, Penn State at Illinois. Uh, Penn State has looked really good. Illinois had that slip up, obviously, already in this season uh, coming against KU. Now, they fought back well in that game. But Penn State, Drew Hour looks like a real dude. Penn State seems to be figuring some things out. First test for them, kind of. West Virginia provided a little bit of resistance at home, but this one's a road test against a coach that, in Brett Bielma, I think is a, a really good preparer of his teams. 2.30 on CBS, South Carolina and Georgia. I think uh, the 27.5 point spread is indicative of something. Now, Georgia's had some slow starts. South Carolina, though, cannot block anybody, it appears. And so Spencer Rattler, running for his life. Uh, 2.30 on ESPN, Minnesota at UNC. Minnesota is off to a 2-0 and o start. They picked up that rally from behind win. Uh, UNC's, their defense has looked better, but it didn't look excellent last week. They had to get some big stops late, but they played South Carolina and played a good, I mean, obviously a great App State program back-to-back -back week. So them being 2-0 and o is good. Let's see how good Drake May will look against another Power 5 opponent this week in Minnesota. Seems like Minnesota's defense uh, could be pretty stout. We'll see. Four o'clock on Peacock, number eight, Washington at Michigan State. This one, guys, you know, you're, you're, you're hoping Coach Harlan's got some things together there at Michigan State and you're hoping for those kids because they're in a really tough spot right now and it's not their fault that they're in this tough spot. So you know, you're hoping for positive things there. But Michael Penix Jr., that Washington passing attack, looked absolutely lethal at this point in time. Six o'clock on ESPN. It's number 11, Tennessee at Florida. That line's bounced between seven and a half and six and a half. Uh, Joe Milton, big arm, but has not been great down the field. Passing Florida, kind of a big chance to stand up and make a statement because you know this has not been a Florida team that's looked excellent so far this season. They got a big win last week, but um, you know I'm not a huge Graham Mertz guy, uh, but you know it seems like he's not the massive problem. They've got a lot to fix, so big opportunity. Here on this one, nine o'clock FS1. It is Colorado. Is this one FS1? Is this one big Fox? Uh, nine o'clock on Fox Sports One. Oh, it's ESPN. That's why it says FS1. Uh, it is the Colorado Buffaloes, 23 and a half point favorites against Colorado State. The reasons, the reason, excuse me, that um, it's balanced between 23 and 24. The reason why this has been game day and everything. Look, this Colorado schedule is about to get more difficult, and I think they want to celebrate. Deion Sanders and celebrate as much success as possible of his uh, as much as they can before things get a little sideways because I think they might get a little sideways here in the coming weeks. 
All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPOT365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Make sure you all subscribe, 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 and like that video. All right, folks, we'll see you tomorrow with our